Hey, welcome to episode 137 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. My name is Ted Sylvan. He's Wacy Anderson. And this is the episode for the week of February 22nd, 2023. It's uh, already, already through February, dude. Yeah, dang it's crazy. Near. And man, I got to say, uh, just got to pour one out for the boys at the Hannah Hockey Tournament. Sorry we couldn't make it this year. Uh, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. hope you guys had a so wonderful was... time. We'll be back again another time. Missed you. Uh, but yeah, we just couldn't make it, man. It's That's one run. of the best parts of the week of the weekend. Yeah, it's one of the of the year almost one of the best parts. It's awesome. Yeah. It's such a good time. Good yeah. people putting it on, good fundraiser for the rodeo in town, too. Can't forget about that. So Feel yeah, bad sad to miss her, but next time we'll have to circle the wagons and get her done. Get out okay. there. Yep. Next time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Next time. Um, yeah, What's man. What's up, Ted? Well, I was just wondering uh what everybody's uh Siri voices. You said you got the Australian guy. Yeah, I've had, really I've, Siri guy. I've had the Siri, the same Siri since like my first iPhone. I saw a thing where you could change the voice into like make it like an Australian whatever, like change the accent on it too. So I changed mine early on after I think my first or second iPhone, and then I just had the same one ever since. And it's just way it's way <laughs> funnier when you getting map directions from an Australian dude than the regular Siri robot voice. So you know, it'd be take funny a, though. Take a rot at the next lot. It'd be funny if you if you uh went to Australia and then you changed it. Or they changed it to a, they changed it change it to an English person or to somebody like, else. To, yeah. So a person who's had like an accent like us. They yeah. should get a like, Canadian accent on there. <laughs> You're just gonna take a Larry up at the light there, bud. <laughs> <laughs> you have to get the guys from uh I have to get the guys from uh Letterkenny to to voice it. Oh, that'd be awesome, actually. Them are the food <laughs> the food bar guys. That's true. Terry and Diener. Terry, Terry and Diener would be out of out of control oh man man well we uh fun show this week too talking to uh shaley ham west desperado yeah awesome to visit with her uh cool inside the business of things and yeah our first like influencer interview i would say judea kirsch is kind of on the influencer train too true enough true enough at the time though at the time though her title was rodeo queen so yeah it's true Hmm. but anyways nonetheless it was it was cool yeah it was cool yeah cool to hear the ins and outs and how she does her thing and I'm sure people will find some value if you're an influencer or a budding influencer. Or if you're just curious on how it all curious. works. Yeah. 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 So uh, what else, Way? So we missed Hannah. Uh, oh, and you know what? Last week, so The Bachelor, The Bachelorette with Cassie Hausauer. Um, <laughs> I got to look at my telephone here because I forgot about uh, the updates. Update. Yeah. So, so far, uh, what do we got? It was in the chat. Did you? You were in that thing last week. Yeah, night, I'm in the chat. You? Yeah. I'm just looking back here. I gotta find it. There was some funny stuff in there. Okay, where are we at? Oh, okay. So Brooke, uh, Brooke Martin has a a plethora of messages. You should, you could put the B in Bachelorette. Well, when <laughs> is the Bachelorette two point featuring Bettini? So Bettini for Bachelorette twenty twenty four. Hear me out. Next year, B for Bachelorette. Can I nominate you for the next Bachelorette? And then Brooke's like, the fact that you're all already just assuming I'll be single next year is so sad. That's kind of just. It's hey, kinda, you know what though? Insane. And and like, remember the because like we, I think I was like seeing somebody when the I agreed to the second bachelor. Like I shook. Like we were on our way home from Pollockville, and we're like, and you're like, if you're single, end up being single at this time of year. So I mean, bro, I put a deadline. It's not, on impo- it. it's not impossible. It's not impossible. Oh, be oh boy. It's not the worst thing. Being nothing wrong with being single. It's hey. Good. You know what? We're just I, we haven't talked to Brooke about this yet, but we should tell uh we should tell her. And I mean, we're telling her right now. So Brooke, if you hmm. are single, we're not saying that you're gonna be, but if you are, what are we gonna hmm. put the date on it? Like uh 
probably I'd say it's like january again like of january next january year. 15th yeah Jan 15 yeah. Jan 15 24 we'll do it for you brooke so yeah it's you got it's got to happen i think it'd yeah. be good good content and so far can confirm that uh jaren and brooke have not been on a date but uh yeah i want cat cass and matt to had a ride home pretty much to red deer together i guess so that yeah, was right. uh cass what, an hour, hour and 20 minutes from calgary to red deer for those who don't know so it's a good good amount of time to spark up some conversation and kind of get to know each other a little bit. What a better first date than a ride in a vehicle? Ride or in need a ride. Because need a ride. Basically hitchhiking. That's how <laughs> that was the first date was hitchhiking back to uh, Red Deer. Man, not so bad. Not so bad. Not so bad. So we'll stay. Uh, we'll still. We will continue to stay updated on how things go with Matt and Cass. I do got to say, I liked. Uh, I like Brooks. Uh, Brooks comment though. She said, "I feel like the Wish.com version of Dustin and Allie." Which I thought was <laughs> fucking hilarious. So Brooke had some good one-liners. We had a lot of a lot of fun though. Uh, thanks to uh, thanks to thanks to Sean Morton for making it all sound good. Once we got into post, um, what else ways? What, uh, um, are thanks you, to all our co-hosts for being there. It's a lot of fun. Are you happy? Are do you think that Cass made the right choice? Oh, you know what? I've had feedback of like there's like trends going around. Vote for Lane uh bill you're wearing <laughs> hashtags. your yeah hashtag vote for lane uh wacy you're wearing your stormfront hoodie and bill texts me he's like he should have picked woody should have mm-hmm. picked riding man so bill man, woody, woody had my vote too. yeah, I yeah think, the only I person think... only person i haven't heard any votes for afterwards so far as jaren so can't confirm I... jaren and brooke have not been on the sorry day, but... sorry not sorry jaren i guess sorry jaren but thanks for being yeah, here thanks for showing woody, up man hey it t- that's the that's the one thing showing up is the hardest part. So yeah. kudos to everybody who took part. Who, and who showed up? Yeah. Even if it was on <laughs> Zoom and your hot tub was broke down. It's cool. Hmm. It's fine. Oh man. Poor Woody. That that was funny. I appreciate Woody. That was a lot of fun. Oh, do you think that do you think that had he been there, Cass may have picked him? Maybe. But the problem is she still needed to ride home. So I guess she might have been, been awkward. Going to, going to Nanton. <laughs> might have been, yeah, she might have been going to Nanton. <laughs> <laughs> going to the hot tub. <laughs> Cassie, will you join me in my hot tub? Will you help me fix my hot tub and then get in it with me? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was a lot of fun though. I appreciate oh, it. Really awesome. Part of it, yeah, it turned out really. All really things good. considered, and how there's people out there who we will not name who bailed last minute or were submitted who didn't who didn't make it or who did who were selected but didn't take part. It turned out pretty good, all things considered. So yeah, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, uh, hopefully somebody finds love out of it. Guess we'll see. But hopefully, time, works time will tell. Time, will, time tell. will tell. But I mean, I think we talked about it before, though. Ways just getting people together and for an event like that, just a lot of fun. It was a big, it was a fun day. Oh, for sure, man. It was yeah. a little more, a little more civilized than some other times. There's been some other times where we just get out of hand and watch the football. Oh, yeah, because it usually, usually falls on Super Bowl weekend, so it that gets like before. extra out of hand. So yeah. So what would I say? Uh, this one was pretty civilized. It was pretty mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. But enjoyed it. Yeah, a lot of fun. Those guys are all great, too. I, I hadn't met Lane. I don't think I'd really met Lane much before. He's a good he kid. He was great. And Matt, too. He was awesome. Like And Jaren, like the whole crew. Like, it was, you know, no, we knew we knew Woody a little better than everybody else. But still, Dude, the surprise awesome. of the century was Jaren just throwing down that auctioneer loop. Yes, that was outstanding. It was actually pretty good. I was like, I was sitting there. I'm yeah. like, holy shit, man. This is yeah. crazy. Eddie thought he was going to just sewer him. And he was <laughs> so wrong. That he got dunked on real hard. So wrong. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, so that was great, but we also forgot totally forgot to talk about uh totally forgot to talk about uh Red Deer and how great Yeah, it the was. PBR is back. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, yeah, first event of the year was outstanding. Jared Parsons gets the win. Um this is old news by now. 
Uh, but the main tour is going down south for the world champion title. Uh, Jared, mm-hmm. um, I don't even know where he is. They, they got to change the point system again. So again, I'm lost. Mm-hmm. But I think that, uh, oh, I think that uh, they change things out every couple of weeks. So he might get a call, but I think he might be sour on how. On the old tour. Yeah, we'll see. Well, has has he been going down south like to any of the big rodeos? Just hasn't been had anything. I don't even know. On, or... I think he's mostly yeah. been at home, just kind of healing up and well, taking her easy. And ranching. you know what? Like it's kind of the conversation we had before, but we never really, we haven't really asked him yet. But uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well, yeah. Anyways, Some... was good. Good night. There's like two ninety point rides in Red Deer. Yeah, yeah. Jake Gardner rode Happy Camper for ninety points. Uh, Jared wasn't ninety, wasn't it? Uh, he's was eighty nine and a half. Coy was ninety. Yeah, yeah. Great. Couple of great bull rides though. Guys rode really well. Mm-hmm. Um. I was glad that uh well uh Darby and Brittany were both there too. They they did a great job as well and uh yeah, it was just a solid solid event. Really enjoyed it. I got to say too go. thanks to uh my friend Jeff Lamley for bringing me a beer in the announcer stand while I was working, <laughs> but I had to politely decline because I probably shouldn't drink while I'm working the show. But I appreciate, on the job. But I appreciate the uh the offer. Unless you're so. in Teepee Creek. Eh, yeah, Teepee Creek. There's less rules in Teepee Creek. There's no that's no rules zone. The rules are that there are no rules. Um, four days in what else? Man, I guess uh, uh, we were trying to get tickets for Coulter Wall sold out in like 37 seconds. 37. That's crazy. High demand. What else? Yeah, good to see Coulter on the tour. Uh, everything's probably already going sold out. Canada. But he's yeah. going to Western Canada, so good to see him on, yeah, on the sweet. I Neat that he chose, chose Ranchers as his venue in Calgary. Yeah, yeah. Too, cool. way too small. Way too small. Yeah. But hey, what do you do? Yeah, it'll be, it'll be, yeah, it'll be a cool, intimate show, so. But yeah, it's it's neat to to see. Well, versus all the other places that are available, like the palace or different places I can go. It's good, yeah. good, interesting choice. It'd be cool. I don't know. I don't good know for the what, ranchman's crew. I don't know what is uh limit would be. Hey, I'd be. I'd wonder what his capacity would be at this point. Like, I wonder how much demand there is. He's. I think he sold six thousand in Denver. Oh, really? he's telling us that story when they started the Sandy chant. Yeah, I think that was that's. Six thousand people. I bet you could do. I bet you like a, like a ten thousand capacity, like a like a Brant Center in Regina. Yeah, but so so here that would be like honestly that would probably be half the bowl at the Saddle Dome. Like you probably yeah. could put on a pretty rocking show. But I think that I don't know the whole inner workings of the music side of things, but the costs and that are pretty crazy. So maybe the risk is too high, and they don't really want to go and do that yet. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I'd be curious to know. But yeah. looking back, looking back. Uh, Wendy, Wendy told us about this back in like at the bull riding thing back in like November, she was trying mm-hmm. to get them back then. So maybe it was a venue kind of thing where they asked first. I don't, I don't their know. Book, their book. Yeah. They're, they're like seeking him out to come play or something. Yeah. It's less than him scheduling out his tour that way. Maybe we got to help on the promoter sideways. We'll put on some shows. Promote. Yeah. Be as, be as with our managers. With our new beer we're working on. We can sell some beer at the show Ooh, or maybe some whisk. some whiskey. Cowboy shoe whiskey. Whiskey yeah. and beer. <laughs> we'll see. Like our like ah. our pal Corb said, it's time to switch to whiskey because we've been drinking beer all night. So it's got you gotta have the you gotta have enough true. beer to get people to switch to the whiskey, and then you have the cowboy true. shit whiskey on the backside. Very true. Sweet. All right, Cable, well, thanks for joining us. We'll be back with our interview this week, right after this.
Barrett, our next guest is one of the largest Western influencers in the game, and she's worked with some of the biggest brands in the industry. Welcome to the show, the West Desperado, Shaley Ham. Thanks for taking the time. Howdy, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited for this. We can only yep. imagine like how busy your schedule is these days. You know, like even you were, we were just talking about your honeymoon before we started recording, but you were even having to post and do some stuff while you're on your honeymoon. So there's kind of no rest for the wicked for you. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to really shut off my business brain because I feel like my business and personal life are so co-mingled. Um, but I just this morning posted a job position for a virtual assistant. So I'm expanding my team and I'm hoping to hire at least one, maybe even two people this year because I don't know how I've been doing it solo for so long. Um, even when I was working a full-time job on top of it, I don't like, I think I was crazy. And now I'm starting to like, not reach burnout, but just it's, it's kind of a heavy weight to carry. So I'm definitely expanding my team to take some of the pressure off me. The the hustle doesn't sleep. It doesn't sleep at all. You gotta, yeah. gotta be on it and go and be doing everything all the time. I get it. <laughs> Stuff's not easy. Well, and you mentioned, you mentioned just quitting, quitting your, uh, your full-time job and taking on the, this influencer role, like in a big way. Did you feel any risk at that point or were you ready to kind of make that step um, when you made it? I was honestly more than ready. I've been doing, I used to be a tax accountant, which is a pretty like hefty job to have with something like this. But West Desperado and the whole content creation was always just a passion project. And I was doing a fairly decent job balancing both at the same time. But it was the 2021 NFR I was out with my friends and like after the rodeo one night and I was like you know what I don't want to go back to this job and my friend's like yeah like they can replace you but no one can replace West Desperado I'm like you're right like that might have been a little <laughs> Pendleton like influence type up right there but she really like got got me going and so once I got back from the NFR that year I really started thinking and I tried to actually put in my two weeks to quit on December 31st and since it was right before tax season, they were like, hey, like, how about not? <laughs> and so <laughs> I didn't want to really burn that bridge because I did like my employer. So last year was my last tax season. Um, I quit on tax day and I'm like not looking back. I thought I was going to like come back to do taxes seasonally. And uh, my boss actually reached out to me in the fall and was like, hey, are you still planning on coming back? And I said, no, I don't think so. Like, I'm too busy <laughs> just doing my thing now. And it just, it feels good to be on my own schedule and doing what I love. Yeah. Jo jokes on them. You're hiring two people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how the well, I, I even want to take it. Yeah. How, how the turntables is Michael Scott would say. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to even before kind of that moment when you decided to go kind of on your own and what, where did this start? Where, how did you get your start with the West Esperado thing? Where did the inspiration for the, the Western fashion come from? It was kind of, it's kind of something that's become really big in the last like two or three years, but you've been at it for much longer than that. Yeah. So I started West Desperado in 2016. I was fresh out of college, had just started my first like corporate job, but I grew up um, in a rodeo family. My mom's a professional barrel racer. My sister's a professional barrel racer. I just like to ride for fun. I don't really compete. Um, but it's just something that I've been really involved in. And I used all my PTO that first year to like travel to rodeos with my mom. I'd go I'm all the way to like Dodge City, Kansas with her on the road. And um, 
I was dating my now husband at the time and I'd go to rodeos with him. He was a professional bareback rider and it just kind of clicked that like Instagram was, I don't want to say it was new, but the word influencer was absolutely like not even heard of yet. But I really wanted to share just like my journey. I wanted to share just stuff that I was wearing because I've always just had that love for fashion and specifically Western fashion since it wasn't what I got to wear on the day-to-day life in my office. And so I just kind of started up this page and I put the West Desperado name to it and I didn't really know what I was doing, but clearly it's, you know, I was going in the right direction at the time. And why that well, how name? Did ta- um, back then it was like a big thing to have like a brand name. You weren't using your real name. And one day I was sitting in my apartment and I was listening to Ryan Bingham and um, his song South Side to Heaven came on and there's a line in it and it goes, I'm a Desperado in West Texas. And just like those two words, I instantly was like, wait, I love how that sounds. And so originally my name was supposed to be Desperado West, but I went to Instagram and that handle was taken like at Desperado West was taken. And I was like, crap. So I flipped them around. I'm like, that still kind of sounds okay. But that wasn't even my original name to begin with. It sounds better now. I think yeah, it sounds better. West Desperado. <laughs> look at looking back, it has a way better. It rolls off the tongue a little bit nicer, eh? Yeah. Well, and, and you mentioned too that it's something I read before before we hopped on here was that you you're talking about because you had to start off with your kind of handle as as your the face of your brand, but now you're getting to the point where you're trying to get your actual name like Shaylee Ham is kind of wanting that to be kind of the focal point of what you're doing. How how challenging has that been? When did that kind of transition happen? I would say in the last like two years, kind of how the whole content creation and influencing has really started to blown up. I wanted to be known more than just West Desperado, kind of this ambiguous figure online. I was like, I want people to actually come up to me and like be able to say my name um, and not just like, oh, are you West Desperado? So it's something I've really thought of, but I've kind of expanded my brand beyond just content creation now with some of the partnerships I have going on and some of the ideas that I'm forming. So I guess I'm like content with West Desperado keeping that as like kind of my main headline because I wanted to really encompass everything I'm doing and it's not so much me focused. Well, what, what have your thoughts been too on the the growth of the influencer influencer, like industry within Western? Like it's kind of, there's hundreds and hundreds of people doing it nowadays and you got the Dale Brisbane's of the world and people doing it, that stuff. Like how has it evolved in front of your own eyes from where you started to where you're at now? I think it's been amazing, just especially brands taking it more seriously and reaching out and wanting to work with influencers not just me but influencers of all sizes and it's not just like this ambiguous thing that oh this person's just randomly posting online people are starting to see like everything that goes into the whole idea of being a content creator or being an influencer and I think it's been fun to see the different avenues that people take it because even the general blanket term western influencer can mean so many different things especially with how involved someone is in like the western industry and so i think that's been cool to see like how it plays out so one thing one thing ted and i kind of were talking about before we hopped on was was kind of like what what would your media kit look like how are you delivering giving showing value to these brands you're pitching to work with or are there a lot are you at the point now where a lot of people are coming to you seeking at work Yeah, I'm honestly kind of at the point where I have a very long waiting list. Um, And that's mostly for some smaller businesses. I do 
primarily, it's like, I don't want to toot my own horn, but it is pretty exciting. Like, mostly businesses are coming to me and I've kind of established myself among some of the larger businesses in the industry. So they are familiar with me. Um, but media kits are super helpful, especially when working with the smaller businesses, because they don't always know what they want from an influencer. They know that this is something they should be doing. It can be beneficial. So having a media kit, especially that has packages on it, um, in terms of like what you can offer, showing your audience um, demographic and kind of how they're engaging with you is definitely something to have on hand. But I will say, I feel like uh, media kits are becoming less of a thing. And if someone really doesn't know what they want or how they want to work with me, I'll send them a media kit as a starting point. But nine times out of 10, I'm like, okay, do you have an idea of what kind of content, how much content? And I kind of just go from there because I already know my base price line. Um, so looking back kind of on the beginning for you, were, were there some influences for you? Were there some people you were looking at being like, hey, I want to take some of their style or like incorporate that into my looks? Or were you kind of just shooting from the hip, traveling around? No, I definitely had some gals that I started following, had no idea who they were. Again, I'm up in Washington State. And so a lot of Western influencers, I feel like, are located in Texas. And so I found some gals just by luck of the draw when I was scrolling on Instagram one day. Um, and their handles are, uh, well, they used to be at least <clears throat> Katie Jade and Rachel Joy. And um, they're both mothers now. And I just... I saw them and I saw what they were doing because they definitely started just sharing outfits and sharing their lifestyle before I even thought of something like that. I watched them. I saw how they were dressing up for the rodeos and I was like, that these girls are so cool. Like they're just like, they have no cares. They dress amazing. I don't even know where they find half their clothes, but I was like, these girls are doing it. And I was like, so inspired by them. I was like, I think I can do it too. Um, in my own way, but those are those two gals are definitely ones that I've looked up to like since the beginning. I wanted to ask you about some of the biggest wins with some of the brands you've had so far and what, you know, what those have looked like kind of thing. You know, Wasting and I've done a few things with a couple of different partners and some stuff works really good and some stuff works less efficiently, but what have been some of the biggest wins so far when you've partnered up with some of these brands? We spoke earlier that you have uh, a denim line coming out with rock and roll denim and also the, uh, the fragrance with Huey. So some of those are probably uh, pretty big parts of that, but, but I'm curious on the, on, on that part of it. Yeah. I've been super fortunate to partner with honestly, a lot of like the big Western brands that you think of over the years, but I've really tried to lean into partners that have like showed commitment to me. And so it's both beneficial for them and myself. And so like you mentioned rock and roll denim, I've been working with them like, pretty solidly for the last three, three and a half years. And we're launching another denim collection this coming fall. And I think that's going to be our third, our third collection. We'll launch maybe fourth. Wow. I'm losing count. I think it's our fourth collection we're launching together in terms of denim and um, other apparel. And then like you mentioned, Huey, I love Huey. I love the Huey team. I've gone to Dallas market center um, a handful of times to see some of the vendors and working with Dallas Market. And that's how I got connected with the Huey team. They were always so welcoming when I went to their showroom. And then one time when I came in just to say hi, they were like, hey, we have this idea and we'd love to partner with you on it. And so I felt super honored that they trusted myself and my brand with like something of that caliber with a perfume. 
Well, you mentioned, you mentioned uh, WISA there, actually. We've, we've been going for the past couple of years now, kind of trying to make our footprint down in the U.S. What What's the day-to-day look like for you at those deals? Are you kind of like just touching base with people you've worked with in the past? Are you trying to seek out new business or is it just kind of there to show some face and hang out? It's a little bit of everything. So I actually go to WISA and Dallas Market um, because I'm hired for Dallas Market Center. They actually have this term style eyes, like what you see. And so they bring in um, a couple different influencers. And I started working with them on that, I think back in 2018. And it was kind of touch and go. And then 2021, um, I had a meeting with them. They're like, hey, we want you to start coming um, like on the regular, like even to the non-WISA markets. And so it's been really great being able to go there. And what I do for Dallas Market is just kind of explore the different products that are being showcased. So I'm I'm finding new, I'm finding trendy, I'm finding unique products to kind of pick as like my top picks. Uh, But it's kind of a double win because then I also get to go there and make the face-to-face connection with brands I'm working with or meet new brands. I think that's when we first met. uh, Yeah. Was that last year? It was 2021, I think. Yeah, you you came by the booth there. Yeah, so it's been really great to network that way. And I think like, if you have an opportunity to go to Dallas Market Center, especially during WISA, the Western apparel market, um, like that time is just so invaluable if you're wanting to make those brand connections. But they so, don't just so let WISA, anybody in there. Oh, that's a, it's a policed area. You got to have your badge on or you're getting kicked out of there. Yeah, you, ha- you have to know the right <laughs> people. You do have to know the right people. But I feel like I've noticed a lot more influencers over the last year have been able to get into it. And I don't know if they're just using connections with brands that they work with or how how they're getting access, but there's ways around the hot, it. The hottest ticket in town. So you talk about like Visa kind of turning into more of a long-term contract. How many, how do you balance the, between the one-offs and the longer term partnerships? So you, you kind of trying to have it split down the middle or you kind of lean one, more one way or another? I used to have it split down the middle and one-off partnerships were more popular, but now I've developed such great partnerships with longer term um, partners And so I really try to focus and like nurture those because like, those are the ones, not that I'm not excited to work with smaller one-off brands, but those are the ones that they really have continued to show value in me. So I want to do the same with them. Um, Honestly, 2022, I think I only worked with a small handful of one-off partnerships. I'm trying to do a little bit more this year, but it's just kind of where my schedule allows. So what do you, what do you think on the, on the promo code side of things, are you getting paid back on the promo codes very often? Or is that a, uh, like, is that, are you finding lots of success with those with the amount of people that you have, or are there people mostly looking for content creation or like, wh- what does it end up being? What are your days end up being like? And how do you, I, I'm Wacy was telling me that you had a video that you shared and I think storm as well. that talked about kind of what, how things went at the NFR, but I wonder how, how, how you're making a living at it, what the, what the biggest part of it is and heck, how it's all working. The biggest part for me is definitely the content creation and posting those deliverables. Mostly, I'm mostly on Instagram. I'm kind of exp- expanding into TikTok, but that's I'm not really charging for TikTok that much right now. Um, so majority of my income is either content creation, doing photo shoots for brands, and then posting it. Or um, I also do like my own photo shoots. So it just kind of depends what their needs are, but that's the biggest part of it. When it comes to commissions or royalties um, from links or discount codes, that's it's definitely a smaller portion, but it's enough that that's kind of like 
what I budget as like my play money every month. So it's like, if I want to like buy something to feature on my page, like that's kind of where I come up with the funds for that. Where like my bigger brand partnerships, my longer brand partnerships, like that's what's kind of, I'm actually making my salary from. The, uh, the, the promo codes, I want to say like in our experience, they, they definitely work, but the, the volume maybe isn't, isn't huge mm-hmm. on them, honestly, even with, even with the different followings that we've had. So, um, has there been some people that say like, Oh, you're not selling enough. So then they, they cut you and they, and then you don't work with them. Or has that not been as big of a thing different times? Like I'm kind of getting at the other side of it. Like some people, some of the stuff hasn't really worked as well as some other stuff I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, but a content creation is number one. Yeah. Um, I've definitely had a few brands or like, usually it's smaller businesses that come back and they're like, I'll start off with like, or this was back in the day. So I'll start off like, yeah, I'll like work for a commissionable code. And then if they like reach back out to me, I'll be like, okay, this is kind of my price. And they're like, well, your code only generated this. So we don't want to pay you. And I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe this isn't a good partnership. Cause if you guys aren't seeing the return, then maybe it's just not a good fit, which is totally okay. Um, but I would say I've, um, I've seen a lot of success with commissionable codes or discount codes when it's a brand that I'm working with for a long time. If it's a one-off partnership, I see less success with it. There's probably less trust when it's a one-off thing where if you're working yeah. with them all the time and then it, then it, it gets built up, people know it. They're maybe not going to see it on one post, but they might see it on the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever it ends up being. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's just, it comes down to like both the brand and the influencer need to take a hard look after kind of like a test trial period and be like, okay, is this worth it on both ends? And I mean, sometimes you have to say no. Fair enough. Well, you, you mentioned like having to like purchase some products and stuff, but how often are you doing that? Are, are companies like, again, like giving you all this product to use and you're sending it back or are you, are they giving it to keep or are you having to buy lots of it? What's that look like for you? I would say most of it, I usually get um, online credit and I can like shop the store or if it's a specific campaign, they say, okay, pick out the boots or pick out the outfit. And I typically get to keep those with some of the brand partners that are more one-offs. I do give them the option if they want things back or if it's like a high ticket item like turquoise jewelry, I don't really get to keep any of that. I have the option to buy it and usually they'll give me a discount. So that, that kind of is a nice little perk. Um, but typically product trade is factored into the price that I'm offering. And so if they want the product back, I kind of adjust my price to meet them. So I know that I'm making my baseline. How many pairs of boots do you have at your house right now? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just got two new pairs the other day. I think I'm up to like 90 pairs of boots and booties combined. I need, I need yeah. more shoe racks. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, do you ever purge? Like how, like that's the one thing I've wondered is yeah. like, how often do you have to go through your closet? Like I, I, like I said earlier, I just moved uh, to BC and I literally got rid of like four garbage bags with their clothes and shit. And I can't imagine having to pack around all that stuff. 90 pairs of boots. Insane. <laughs> I try to do a good closet purge, like at least twice a year. Um, and I mean, I have to break it up. I, I sell on Poshmark, which kind of sucks because it's only for like U.S. buyers. But I have to break it up into like multiple purges where it's like, OK, I'll sell shoes and accessories in this one. <laughs> OK, we're going to sell like dresses and denim and bottoms in this one and then tops in a third one. But I mean, and I 
I try to be very generous with like the discount, even with like stuff still has tags on it sometimes. And usually that's like the stuff I buy. Not, I don't turn around and sell a product a brand gives me right away. If it's something I haven't worn in six months, that's when I try to purge it just to keep the closet refreshed. Um, but I mean, you can make some pretty good money when you're, <laughs> when you're trying to cycle through like so many clothes, like, and that's just, you know, part of like the job that I have. So again, it's a mix of some stuff I've been gifted or I don't want to say gifted because it's always stuff that I've had to work for. Um, and then some stuff I've bought, but I never want to compete with the brand that's selling it. So I hold on to things and wear them a couple of times before I'll be like, okay, who wants to buy this? Take it off my hands. I think we're, I think we're on the same track. Yeah. I'm wondering, I'm wondering <laughs> if stuff's like, if there's ever anything that's like super awful and, and you get it in the mail and you're like, um, I don't think this partnership's <laughs> going to work because this is, or it doesn't fit or it's just like, yeah, does any of that stuff happen? Please don't say our stuff. She hasn't got it yet. She can't <laughs> No, you guys, you guys look good. You let me like hand select the stuff. I'm excited. <laughs> um, yes, but I haven't, that hasn't happened in a long time. I would say I had more of those challenges when I first started working with brands and I didn't really know what I was doing. And so I'd work with a boutique and they're like, okay, like we sent out a package today and I like have no idea what's in it until I get it. And I used to just kind of bite the bullet and be like, okay, this might not be something I would buy on my own, but how can I style it and make it like work for me? Um, I've had a few times where I just couldn't make something work. And I'm like, I, I'll stay up all night trying before I'll reach back out to the brand and be like, hey, like, I just can't, <laughs> I can't do this unfortunately <laughs> and send it back. <laughs> ain't working while we're on this front uh oh i, favorite, I got it back yeah favorite piece of clothing is there got to be something that you like you've had forever or there was there like a piece like i i personally don't know rock and roll very well because i've been i've been a wrangler guy for a long time and i've just been always like on that train for for a long time but like is there something from rock and roll from way back or is there a pair of boots that you just can't get away from like because i i have other boot pairs of boots like i work for a boot company up here now but i have other pairs of boots that i've that i've still had stashed away for for a long time and storm finally came over and she's like, Hey, you don't, you don't need these anymore. They're, they're, they're <laughs> they spider webs on them. But, and I'm like, but I've had them since I was 14. I can't just get rid of those. Yeah. Those boots have been with me half my life. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. How much of that do you got? Um, that kind of stuff for me is like when I find really cool vintage Western pieces, like leather jackets. Um, I have a couple pair of Dan Post boots that I've had, I think like since I started working with brand partners, so like five plus years and they don't make them anymore or they don't make them in those colors. Um, cause it's the same boot. I have a red pair, I have a white pair and I just got the black pair. <laughs> um, but I love styling like those other two colors and they just continued them. And so it's, that's where it gets tricky is people are like, I want those boots. Where can I get that? I'm like, Hey, you can't, sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sucks to suck. But, I've got one of those. I got a pair of Dan Post boots I just sent to Mike. Do you remember meeting Mike, Wasey? Yeah, Mike I do. Cunningham? Yeah. 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 So Mike, uh, I just texted him a picture the other day because I remembered I got because I was wearing them. But I got a pair of Dan Post boots that were made by Canada West Shoe back in the like early '80s, and I found them at a store up by uh, by Wainwright. Uh, my friend uh, Louise at Big Valley Sales, she she had them at her store. Wasey got a pair that were similar uh, the last time we were up there. But yeah, I know what you mean. Like some of that stuff just sticks with you, and you gotta because they're they're older than I am. Right. So these pair, this pair of boots, I've kept them in really nice shape and try to keep them only wear them once in a while. But 
kind yeah. of fun. Very good. I wanted to ask about managing expectations between um, what you offer versus like brand expectations when you do a partnership. I know there'll be a lot of times if you're asking for a certain amount of money, like some brands could probably have outrageous expectations. Like how do you kind of bring people back down to earth to kind of make it feasible for yourself and for what the brand is expecting? Luckily, since we talked about how influencing has become more of a common thing, I feel like brand expectations with like prices have started to align a little bit, but it's really just the point you need to analyze like, okay, how much do I want this partnership? Like, do I want to work with this brand? Or if I don't like, is it okay? Um, Because I've definitely fostered relationships from starting just through trade of product because I really want to work with a brand. And they've been times where it's paid off where I think rock and roll denim is honestly one of those. I started working with them just for product trade and it's like we are to a point where I signed on as um, an endorsee. So I'm basically like one of their rodeo athletes. I'm not just like a one-off influencer. So it's, it's cool to see how you can foster those relationships. And sometimes you do kind of have to start with less than what is your ideal. But I will say that like keeping realistic expectations for yourself, like if a brand is asking you for, five different sets of deliverables and they only want to give you product or they only want to give you like a hundred bucks. Um, that's honestly not worth your time. Like you really do have to factor in like, if I, this is my job, what is my hourly rate to just even produce all this stuff? And if what they're giving you does not match what you set for yourself, then you really do have to kind of think long and hard and probably walk away from something like that. Did it take a long time for you to learn to say no to some stuff or like right at the beginning where you kind of like, like saying yes, yes, yes. Or was it, did it take some, it's hard for anybody to learn how to say no to stuff, but did, did that, how long did that take to get to that point? Yeah, I'm a people pleaser. And my first like two years when I started working with brands, specifically boutiques, I said yes to just anyone that like knocked on my door essentially. And I've learned that I just don't have the capacity for that. And the hard matter of fact that a lot of boutiques, even if they have cute stuff, it might be cute for someone else, but it's not necessarily in my style wheelhouse. So um, it's definitely something you have to teach yourself to say no to people. And I've even figured out over the past like year, year and a half that I've had to say no to respect like my boundaries, not that I don't want to do something or don't want to work with them, but just that I honestly can't add more to like my plate. So, so that brings, brings me to another question of how do you find balance and how do you decompress with like, how do you take time to like step away and kind of keep your battery high? Like, you know, that's everybody gets to the point where your battery kind of drains out. So what do you do? Whether Hiring it be daily virtual or weekly or whatever. That, yeah. That, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Need more help. Yeah. Expanding your team so that you don't, you're not the only person um, hustling for your business, but I mean, it's hard. I would love to just be like, oh, yeah, every weekend I like don't get on social media and I go like ride my horse and do this. And I mean, it's just not like I'm a scroller. I actually like I love to consume other people's content just as much. Well, maybe not just as much, but like just like I like to create content for other people as well. And so it's like it's still something I'm trying to teach myself is to like step away and like not always be on, not always be available. And like, I don't want to say take more personal time, but like not be, not be working while I'm also enjoying my personal time. 
I'm I'm having the same battle and I have for a long time. This is our I've been doing, you know, between the everything cowboy and the sales and whatnot since about like I've not a real job since two thousand and ooh, maybe like seven or something. Maybe like maybe never also. So that's <laughs> never been that's never been a strong point for me. Like so I'm I can I can totally relate because there's I don't allow myself to do it. So we're going, but we're, and we're going like on a trip here tomorrow and, uh, going to try and take it easy, but I also probably won't cause it's just how it goes. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't say we talked about, yeah, we talked about, I just got back from my honeymoon a week ago and I feel like that trip was one of the first ones realistically where it was a true vacation. Cause I travel a lot, but I'm always traveling for work. And so when we booked this trip, I was like, okay, I'm not going to like reach out to brands and tell them I'm doing this if they want to sponsor any looks or anything. Um, I did still post a few times while I was there, but it was just for the sake of, I just wanted to share what I was doing and it was less of work. And so I don't know, that was again, my first true vacation away from work trips. And so I kind of got a taste of it, but it's still just hard. <laughs> so hard. Cause it, every time like you're literally your phone, for you and and all three of us on this conversation, our phone is our work, but our phone is also our yeah. connection to not working at times or a conversation with somebody or a text message that's not work, catching up with friends. Like it's it's a challenge to open up my phone and not do some check work. An email or something or yeah. check a DM or at any time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I finally yeah. turned off I finally turned off my email notification. So I have to go into my email now to look for stuff. And that has been helpful for me because I've been, you know, I don't know, I'm just trying to make better at that. Because if anybody really needs to get a hold of me uh, imminently, they'll find a way to phone me and everything else can probably wait. So, That's a good point, Ted. I like that. Yeah. So if I'm, so if you're trying to text me to get a hold of me, Wacy, it's probably not going to work out. If you want to get a hold, <laughs> if you want to get an answer right now, call <laughs> I got to go. I got to go. Yeah. I, see yeah, so, I, mean, yeah, I, I know I, that part though. Yeah. I turned off my Instagram notifications, I think back in like 2017. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, I'm still on Instagram a lot of the time, but I like that you said you turn off your email notifications. That's one I need to do because I have two business emails and then my one personal one, which I still get business stuff to that one sometimes. So I think that's the next step I need to take. <laughs> I th I've found that it's helped me. And I also have like a whole... Uh bedtime routine and do not disturb where only like Wacy and storm and my mom and dad, my brother can call me like at night, like between like 10 30 and 7 AM or something like it just, then, then, yeah. then the colors change and everything goes dark. So I can kind of like go to sleep and try and not mess around. Right. Like that way. So mm -hmm. that, that's been some stuff that helped me and I'm still not that good at it, but, but that's at least, you know, I'm trying to not send an email too late but also like the scheduling thing on gmail is genius because i can send i can be at my desk at 11 p.m and schedule it for 8 a.m then i don't look like a crazy person either so yeah <laughs> watch technology but okay i want to go back to the cpa side of things how much how much like the first thing that comes to mind for me is you got to have some some major confidence and thinking that it's going to work for to give up your cpa gig to go and uh to go and go on and do this full time. Cause you don't know how long, like you're going to hope this can go on for a long time, but there's no guarantee. 
Yeah. And honestly, that was a big part of why I felt ready to take the leap. I mean, walking away from security can be so nerve wracking. And I did enjoy my job at the end of the day. Like, yeah, tax season kind of sucked, but I liked who I was working with. Um, and I just kind of enjoyed having having a job where I was thinking more critically and numbers wise. And then I feel like it helped me feel more inspired on the creative side with West Desperado. Um, but I started um, really thinking about this quote and I'm probably going to get it wrong. Um, like no amount of money is worth being miserable. And so not that I was fully miserable, but between January and April, like I did not leave a desk. I woke up, poured coffee, sat at a desk for 15 hours, went to bed. And it was like, that's an everyday thing. And it just really started to weigh on me and like wear me down. Um, and this is honestly the first spring where I don't have to do that. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with myself. Like the weather's kind of crappy. So it's hard to like make content. And usually that's like tax season is my excuse to not work this time of year, but, um, I'm kind of figuring it out. And like you said, you never know like how long something like this can last. And so I really wanted to kind of jump in while I can still take advantage of it and just kind of see where it can take me. So the like Sam, Sam uh, Wooten, um, uh, Retro Amiga and Amanda Neon Wrangler, like these different uh, some of the girls in the in the business we've not we've met uh, that whole like th- both of those girls before. Um, Dave, my friend David Sharp somehow connected us with with Amanda I think Sam got hooked up with Storm somehow, but uh, how much uh, I got? I had this like thought earlier about like the influencer wars and like who is fighting who and who has a problem with who and like what that <laughs> whole thing looked like. But then I got thinking like these girls are commenting on your stuff, saying you know like with support. And when you get together, it's probably like it's probably a lot of fun. You guys can share ideas and that kind of thing. But there's probably some wild stuff going on on the other side of it where it's maybe that people don't get along. I got I gotta ask ask about it. It's, I don't know. It's funny you say that because I, there's been very, very few people that I haven't gotten along with and things like NFR is like super great for the Western influencer side of things. Cause you get to meet so many people in person. And I mean, I've had times where um, I've had like an online friendship with someone and then we finally meet in person. And I don't, I guess I don't want to say friendship, like acquaintance with. Um, and then I meet them in person. I'm like, Oh, maybe like their vibe isn't my vibe, but I've never really like been into like the drama side of things. And I hate to say this, but I feel like a lot of the TikTok influencers, like, like anytime Facts. I get on TikTok, I'm like, there's new, there's new drama. <laughs> it like, never what, stops. What is going on? Because I feel like the gals that started on Instagram, like there's just not that same animosity between us, I guess. Like mm-hmm. I see other influencers as my coworkers, not my competition. And I'm, I'm constantly like helping people like how to price themselves, connecting them with um, brands that like might not be a good fit for me or if I see an opportunity for them to work with them as well. And so I don't know. I'm always trying to help people out. And again, it's, you know, real life. You're not going to get along with everyone, but like, what's the point? <laughs> in, in, the this, in this game, though, it's a better formula for success, like like being helpful and trying to help people along rather than trying to like hold your cards close to your chest or like, be dismissed with the people like even even going back to your your uh nfr series about how like how you made your money and stuff like like not many people are doing that and that's a like the people would consider that a risk we're just like you're just being a good person trying to help people along and and showcase that stuff yeah and i mean you always kind of hold on to some like 
uh, I don't know, like the nitty gritty of like how you get to that point or like how you do that. But I think being transparent with like, hey, people are like, how can you travel so much? How can you go to the NFR for two weeks? And it's like, because this is like my big money maker. This is how I'm making money. And so it's not just like I'm booking a hotel for two weeks and having to pay for all this food and my flights because a lot of that stuff I can get covered by the brands that I'm working with. And I mean, I'm not always going to be the best fit for some brands. And so why keep everything to myself or keep everything a secret when I know there's other people out there that are a better fit? There's enough, there's enough space for all of us to work. Except what on were you, TikTok. What were you there? Except on TikTok. Yeah, not allowed. <laughs> That's one. What, that's one thing. What's that's the deal? With I've the, noticed. What's the deal with this? I don't know. I don't. I'm, I don't know. I'm not down with the TikTok. I don't know. There's like so many like different groups of people and like houses and and people doing things, and there always just seems to be like some type of drama going on. Like there'll be like literal like full on like TikTok trends based on like the TikTok beef that's going on, which is like <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Like I, like like as you as you know, we're like barely we're active on TikTok too, but it's just like. Wait, I, don't, I, don't, on I don't have no time for the drama stuff though like i don't even know what's going on half the time like it doesn't yeah. make any sense i don't know how it happens but it's 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 a shit show sometimes and i don't know if it's um because it's kind of like a younger crowd over there like i mean even all the influencers i feel like that are starting on tiktok or have been doing tiktok i mean they're in their young 20s and I'm not trying to be over here like in my day, like, <laughs> but it's like, I don't know. I feel like just like kind of that younger blood, like they were kind of out to get each other. Like the cattiness is more there than like, I don't know what's going on, man, but <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Okay. For, for a guy who like back in my day, I uh, did stuff on like YouTube and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of out of the social media game at this point, honestly, but kind of like. Did some of it back yeah, in the day. Yeah, Ten Storm posted a collaborator post on Instagram one time. That's pretty yeah. forward of them. <laughs> but it's kind of funny because I did this. I, I guess I did this some of this stuff like way further back too. Like 2010 and 11 was when I started the website and whatnot. But like, but in saying that, um, what's going on? Would you guys fill me in? Like, I don't get what's going on. You got to talking around it, but like somebody, so there's a house of TikTok people that are fighting with another mm -hmm. house of TikTok. There's like, like there's like a western house of like TikTok people. Okay, is this that they... like Luciano guy? Like is that Nick guy? Well, I think he's part of it. There's two. Yeah, there's two different houses. But hey, I, yeah, fill I, me in. I just don't know who's <laughs> I just don't know who specifically is arguing with you, but there's like some beef about like there's people like stealing ideas and all this kind of stuff. And there's just like I don't know. It's hard to explain if like I haven't seen any of it lately, but it's yeah, it's, but then there's like, has a bad idea. Like people in the same house sometimes too so i don't so <laughs> so point number one if it's on the internet it's not an idea because it's on the internet so it's yeah. fair game mm -hmm. and, well, and, then uh, there's, and then there's like people like trash talking each other apparently or like the way it's, it's like saying shit about people and but it's almost seems like it's like he said she she said a lot of the times and it's just yeah. like but then people like someone will make a video about somebody and then someone will make a video on their channel responding to the video that someone made about them, but it won't tag that person. So it's just like talking smash basically do <laughs> via oh different videos. And it's just like, I don't know. It's a shit show. Hmm. Okay. Well, I feel like a little bit. That's the, that's the Cole's notes of it. Basically. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering for like but, a specific example, like did somebody say something about somebody's mother or something? I don't know. Like... I, I don't know that part. So I don't want to spread rumors. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I don't want to get involved. 
not gonna say. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we we've done a good job of not getting involved, so I want to keep can, it that way. Can the three of us uh, start some beef with somebody on the show, <laughs> just to like do it as an experiment? That cowboy that. cold bastard. Yeah. Can we do? Can we do something like that? It'd be funny. Uh, okay. Oh. Sorry. Please proceed. Oh, you're good. Uh, Thank you for enlightening guess- me. Uh, so that's something I wanted to get into though, is you mentioned before that you're a consumer and you're always scrolling and trying to see what you can find and inspiration, all this kind of stuff. Like what's your favorite that... TikTok of Boise's <laughs> <laughs> and are you offended by his horse girl antics? No, I think those are fun to watch because they're so relatable. That's they're true. Like, it's all true. For content. You want to be relatable. And I'm like, okay, even though I'm not like a barrel racer, but I'm like, I, I'm around bow racers a lot. And it's like, I literally have a notes in my phone. That's like, shit the barrel racer said while i'm like traveling with them. it's like yeah, it's, 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 it's never ending it's just this, like a pure content stream like if you've been around them or grew up around them or your mom was one or your sister or what you dated them whatever like there's always <laughs> something you could do with those well, yeah. see, I, I haven't dated a barrel racer since 2000 and maybe 10 i don't think you probably could come up with some good stuff too just from no it's time. been a long time like i still have trauma yeah, the, I mean, some... the trauma's gone. It's been long <laughs> enough that I don't even know what happened. I don't know, man. I'm probably still there. Um, but anyways, what I was getting at is with the way that Instagram and TikToks come on the scene, it's changed from like their people are focusing more on video and that kind of stuff and trending audios and all those different things rather than just photos type stuff. How have you had to change your game over the years to kind of adapt to that? And have you found it to be easy, difficult? I've definitely found it to be kind of challenging. Um a big part of my brand when I first was getting started was um, creative photo shoots. So I love to just think of like these out of the box ideas and like how I can encompass that and how I can relate it back to like the Western industry or at least like my brand. And so when like the big shift to video, um, it really kind of made me sit back and think um, just like the direction I can go with those because and I, I mean, I still struggle with it today. It's like everyone is doing like the same trends or using the same sounds over and over where it's like, if I hear flowers by Miley Cyrus one more time, <laughs> oh my God. And I think the, good song, that though. song has been released for like a week. And so if I do see a trend or a sound that I can really come up with something unique to put my spin on, I'll hop on board. But I still just like my first um purpose and what I'm doing is to serve my audience and I have list upon list of things that they request from me and so I definitely want to try to hit those marks before I hit any marks that might get like my video shown more or you know help me grow more followers like I want to serve my community and sometimes video is a better option to do that but you really do have to sit back and kind of make that shift because it's completely different than still photos. Well, a good example of that is is your series on the about the NFR. Like you're it's you're taking advantage of that kind of feature, but you're adding value to your audience and people will respond positively to that. Yeah, and education is like a big thing that I'm trying to focus on this year. And Ted, I might have to get some tips from you because I'm gonna be launching a YouTube channel i'm not sure how well it's going to go over but i'm going to kind of dabble in that longer form content and then still be able to like cut that cut that content down where i can give like clips on in short form um but like just being again like transparent and educational i think is a big thing that the industry is lacking and i have a boatload of knowledge that i've learned from others that i've like self-taught and had experiences with and so i'm hoping to really kind of dive into that this year 
and help other people wherever I can. One one thing that a lot of folks don't know or realize is that YouTube actually pays you money. TikTok's not giving you shit unless you're have a partner agreement already in place, but YouTube pays you passively based on the content you produce and the views you get. So if you're creating unique content on YouTube, you, you don't have to have a partner. Anything anything that's a partnership is a bonus because you already if you have enough views, the passive income is there. So yeah, TikTok doesn't mm-hmm. pay you anything. Neither does Facebook, as far as I can tell. Uh, Instagram is only on partnerships. But like YouTube, like there's a lot of folks who make a pretty good living on YouTube just surely out of views based on having great content. So your content is already great. Let, so put it into something longer form. And the one idea that just came to mind for me was um, was the like the, the Wacey wrote the intro saying you were the largest Western influencer. And then I got thinking, I don't think she's not that she's not large. She's she's not large at all. It's she's the influencer of the influencers. Like she's the most <laughs> influential of the influencers. So you could use that and be a uh, um you could you could be the influencer trainer in the western business or like you could be that, like somebody like that that's a a knowledgeable uh and you know you're teaching the next whoever it might be and you can sell courses or like i don't know like that's just something that came to mind for me was that it's probably what you're already planning but anyways yeah <laughs> yeah that's what just gets what came to mind on my end i was gonna say i haven't mentioned that before and i mean i didn't tell you guys not to mention it so it's okay but yeah I have a couple courses that are going to come out this year. So I'm trying to kind of build yeah. this whole like more passive funnel for myself. Like, so a, it'll benefit me because I'll be able to make more money, not off of brand partners, but then B again, it's going back to like serving my community. I'm constantly getting questions from girls, like trying to do what I do or just don't know the right path to do it. So that's, that's something that I think is like really cool to explore to like YouTube or like the longer form content or mini courses. I, I want to ask about your, uh, your community management side of things. Like you have, you have a large community built up. How much time do you put into managing them? Like responding to people? Like, do you ever get any crazy fans kind of coming into your DMS or onto your comp onto your comment streams? Like what, <laughs> how do you, how do you, cause that's a big job and it's almost a full-time job in itself. Yeah. And you're totally right. And that's one thing that I'll always have a hard time letting go of because I respond to almost every DM that I get. If it's something that I know I'm going to share like a link for later, I'll leave them on red. But I really want to let my audience know that like I'm there for them. And so I'm responding to probably like 90% of the DMs that I get. And I've been super fortunate to not have too many trolls or like haters pop up unless like a video goes viral or something. But I think my audience has recognized that I show up for them just as much as like they want to support me. And so I think that's really paid off in the long run. And it's might be something that people forget because there's always this idea of like wanting to get the most followers or constantly trying to grow your platform. And it's like, you have a platform. And if you're not fostering those relationships for the people that are showing up for you every day, those are the people that are going to start to fall off. And so what's the point of, trying to reach new people if you're not giving your current audience what they want i'm gonna set it better myself <laughs> <laughs> we, we've kind of touched on a few things uh, uh kind of moving into 2023 here um but what are some of the some more of your goals heading into this year like you've accomplished a lot already with your partnerships with rock and roll and hui and all this cool stuff you got to do at the nfr like hosting red or gold carpets all that kind of stuff like there's lots happened so kind of what's the next step 
It's really hard to say. The NFR, with some of the really cool experiences I've gotten to do over the past like two to three years, I'm always excited when I start planning NFR in like August to reach out to some some brands, especially like the PRCA or like Teton Ridge. Um, I've loved how they really leaned into influencers and kind of like the unique ideas they have for that. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, brand partnerships is a big thing that I'm doing. I'm trying to get back to my roots a little bit and working with more small brands this year um, just to be able to help them out kind of the way that they helped build my platform. But other than just expanding um, the platforms I'm on, so like TikTok more, YouTube, and expanding my educational type of content, which isn't typical that I share, um, those are kind of the my focuses at least. Have you had any accounting firms reach out to you for influencing? <laughs> no, KPMG. but I, I feel like every every time every time this year or every year this time around, I get businesses reaching out to me asking if I can provide them tax services. And I'm like, no, like I don't want to touch you. I like I still need to like I still need to file my own and I'm never on time with that. So I don't want to do anyone else's. Go ahead. I don't know what I don't know what I want to say now. Oh no, oh, I know what I want to oh. say. I found two Instagrams. You have another Instagram. Is that your personal one? Am I not supposed to talk about that one? Um, you can talk about that one. Yeah, that's my personal one. Um, that's the one I've had since I started Instagramming, I guess, back yeah. in college. And so when I started West Desperado, I kind of started on my personal page, like posting flat lays or my outfits. And I don't want to say I was getting shit for it, but like some of my buddies at work were like, oh, oh. like, are you going to sell me for da da da? And I'm like, oh, haha, like, what? So I started <laughs> West Desperado literally from zero. I was like, this is just something oh, I want to try out. And um, I actually had the page private for the first like month, I think that I started it. And I was like posting on it, didn't really have a following because it was private. But then once I kind of figured out what I wanted to do, I announced it, I guess, on my personal Instagram I was like, hey, I made this. If you want to check it out, you totally can. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what are your wiener dogs names and where, uh, how did you get them on the ice at a hockey game? What, ha what happened with this? How'd you get them? <laughs> um, to okay. So game? I have, I have, uh, Bentley is my black wiener dog and I've had, I got him in college. So he's like, he's my old man. And my husband and I got our red wiener dog, whose name is Rudy. We got him um, back in 2017, I think, together. That was like our first pet together. And the local hockey team was just having like a wiener dog race night. And so like literally <laughs> everyone just showed up with their wiener dogs and he didn't he didn't like racing on the ice. We've taken him to other wiener dog races like during Oktoberfest and he's like a champion, our, our red one, Rudy. He's so fast. <laughs> But he actually is a tripod now. He lost a leg to a dog fight a year and a half ago. So oh, no. we haven't had a chance to race him, but he's still super fast. Oh, dang. With three. Dang. Rudy the racing <laughs> wiener dog. Um, yeah, the racing wiener dog. So, oh, what the heck? <laughs> uh, That's how do I draw that? Oh, NFR. Okay. I'll, um, what, what's the coolest thing you've ever done at the NFR so far? Because there's some cool stuff that goes on. Some really badass suites. Some fun concerts. Uh, and if like the rodeo is the rodeo, if you've seen it once, you've seen it every time. Uh, mm -hmm. But what's the other cool shit you did? This year, I got to go to a 
UFC fight, uh, football George game, Strait. George Strait, uh, and I golfed. Did some other fun stuff. So what, like, what have been some of the cool stuff, cool things you've done in Vegas? Um, okay, I have two. One is work related. One is not work related. So the coolest thing work wise that I've done um, was in 2021. And I partnered with the PRCA. They have their, um, it's changed since then, like since Teton Ridge has taken over kind of, but they had a pre-show that was just an onstage, so live audience and Anthony Lucia hosted it, but they brought on other people and they reached out to me and said, Hey, we want to have a fashion segment every night. And they reached out to me to be like the co-host of like that 15 minute fashion segment and I was like pulling people on stage, talking on stage. I'm not a public speaker. And so I about lost my marbles when I first saw the email. But, and I think I probably blacked out a couple times on stage, <laughs> but that was just super cool. Again, like seeing the PRCA lean into like the influencer side of things is kind of unique in itself. Um, and then my coolest thing that's like non-work related was um, this last NFR, Rock and Roll Denim throws a little like social party every year and it's in like the small little area at the hotel um open bar but they had randy rogers band play like an acoustic cool. performance like it was just him and his fiddle player and i was literally standing like 10 feet from randy rogers the entire night and so that was just like super cool i haven't even shared any of the videos that i have okay. that but <laughs> that's the so, private collection yeah so as as yeah. uh for myself, as somebody who doesn't share much on social, and I haven't, like, I feel like I kind of got burnt out on the social side, like, probably three or four years ago, and I kind of gave up, gave up, gave up doing that. Like, I was mostly, uh, you know, I didn't even create that much. I just kind of posted a lot for different brands, like Canadian Pro Rodeo, PBR Canada, uh, everything cowboy. We did that for a long time, but I feel like there is more. I got feeling because there was a lot of writing to it as well. But I felt like I couldn't. There's more that I couldn't say than I than what I can say. And and I'm assuming there's probably some stuff that you can't share or don't want to share. Or, or on the other side of things, how do you not? How do you avoid working with competing brands? Or is there any issues there? Oh, I mean, yeah, that's like a whole podcast topic on its own. I feel like. Um, yeah. I would say exclusivity. So like not working with competitors is a very rare thing for influencers to sign into unless there's like a pretty sweet deal to back it up. Mm -hmm. um, but I've also always been the kind of person, like if I'm going to talk about like this denim brand or this boot brand, like I'm not going to talk about any other boots or any other jeans, at least like before and after I make that post, because I like the trust with your audience, that's something that can be so easily broken. So if you respect kind of like the brands you're working with and like really leaning into them, you can kind of keep that. Um, but I will say, yeah, I mean, it's hard because there's even some contracts like I have confidentiality where I can't talk about certain things that we're working on or certain things that they want me to do. And it's you're right that there's a lot that goes unsaid just because you legally sometimes can't talk about it. So what about I don't know, did that? that kind of that, that makes sense for but on the other side though like i'm just looking at on myself like how do 
how do I get out of my bubble and get back on the train or should I, or do I need to, or do you have any, do you have any recommendations or like, how do I get, how do I do your hey, No, I got a, I got a question. I can be an influencer. Again. I have a question to Shaylee for Ted. So okay. I'll allow it. This is, I'm asking it in lieu of Ted. So one thing that people that you mentioned, you mentioned it way back is like finding your style and kind of what fits into your kind of rip, like your wheelhouse, your style wheelhouse. How can Ted find a style wheelhouse? Because we're still trying to Storm and I are still trying to help him find <laughs> his style wheelhouse. So that's kind of something we need to work on. Are we talking about clothes or social media? Clothes and social media too, I guess. Mm. Whatever, but I don't think clothes. I was. I think my clothes are pretty much fine. You've stepped up your game in the past <laughs> few months, but <laughs> I think in today's social media world, the first key or like the key to success right now is just to start posting like an influencer, even if you have like. 100 people that are just like your close friends and family that follow you start posting like an influencer and like i mean you'll just like fall into that role like <laughs> i don't know if that makes sense and i've seen other people talk about it but it's like you don't have to be an influencer to post like an influencer like post what you're eating for lunch post even if you order something off of amazon like oh here's an unboxing here's what i got today like i don't <laughs> so i gotta it's, share it's, more it's good advice though. More. It is. Like... Yeah. Sharing more, sharing everything. Or do I have to? <laughs> do I have to? I don't have to, man. It's only if you want to. I got to do something. There's no I got to do, do more. I don't have to do anything if you don't want to, man. Okay. It's whatever. But, so the other, th- the other side of it though, is that like we get to, I don't know what we, I worked, worked my ass off in the last decade and a bit to get to do more of what I want to do and have a schedule like this. But I also don't want, everyone to know where I am all the time or what I'm up to. And I don't want people to be, to be jealous of it, I guess, honestly, is part of why I probably don't post a lot of stuff. And like, I don't want them to know that we're here this week and this there the other week. And, you know, I, I don't want people to think I'm living too, too high on the hog or whatever. Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm, that's part of what I worry about too, is that the image is, the image doesn't look right. It's not congruent maybe with who I actually am. Cause like, cause right now it looks like a, well, social media obviously is a highlight reel, but I'm, I have trouble with that part of it, I guess. I totally get that. But you'd be surprised the amount of people that just want to like watch other people's lives, if that makes sense. Because so when I got back from my honeymoon, I came back to a lot of packages and it was like half stuff I bought, but half brand partners like for this next like two months. And I mean, I had a stack of boxes like next to my desk this high and I posted a story and I was like, I hate unboxings. I feel like it's just bragging like, oh, look at this. Like this brand sent me this, this brand sent me that. And and I was like, please just know like this is part of what I'm doing for work. And I'm not trying to showboat to you guys. And like the amount of responses that I got from people that were like, we love watching you do these. We want to see like your reaction to stuff that you're opening. We want like, we understand that this is how you're making money. And it's like exciting to see like, what you're getting even if it's stuff you're buying or from a brand and like people like today's day and age like people really just want to like watch other people's lives that sounds kind of pathetic but like (laughs) (laughs) what what, what kind of tools do you have to kind of there's like there's always some self-doubt around social media whether you're creating a video or making a tiktok or doing all this kind of stuff like there's always that little voice in the back of your head being like oh this is dumb you shouldn't be doing that or whatever like what do you what do you do personally to kind of combat that and and kind of overcome and share what you want to share and do what you want to do I've learned to have a really good like close-knit group of people that I can talk to 
Um, Because comparison is definitely something that, like, I deal with every week. And, like, I have, like, two or three friends that, whether they are familiar with the side of business I'm doing or they're just, like, really positive in ways that I'm typically negative, that I'll reach out to. And also this last year, I hired a business performance coach. And she has completely changed the way that I think about my business. I get a one-on-one call with her every week. And even if I'm like feeling down or like not sure what to talk about, like she's always able to like bring stuff up. And if I start talking down on myself or start comparing myself to other people, she can like flip the switch and be like, look at all this stuff that you have built and done. And so just having kind of those like cheerleaders on your side or people that you can like vent to, talk to, gossip to, whatever you need, like that's really been like my safe haven, I feel like with living such a social life. Can I, do you, like, can I ask you what, like what it costs to have a business performance coach is not something I'm even familiar with. You don't have to tell me or you can tell me later. You don't have to say right now. I don't want to put you on the spot, but yeah. well, I, I don't wonder know what that works, how they even work. Just for pricing. I'm not sure. It's not cheap. Yeah, I'll yeah. say that, but okay. it's worth, it's worth every penny. It's definitely okay. four figures. Yeah. A month. Yeah. Okay. Which is like a million dollars Canadian a month. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um interesting so okay i had a i had a question i want to go off topic wait you got you got anything else on this train i, I want to no you're good like, you're good because I, I, I like I, I like to look on your face I like she was really <laughs> <laughs> so so we go we're going back to like I, I can stay on this though too because that business performance coach is helping you shaley perform at a higher level which is mm-hmm your business now. So she, you are your business. Uh, you're built, you're getting help, your virtual assistants. I guess I had that written down too. What are they going to do? Are they going to like actually do the posts? Like you're going to help cre- do the creation but, and you don't have anybody to help you do video unless your husband's around. Mm-hmm. You gotta do lots of selfie video mm-hmm. stuff and put your, you know, mm-hmm. handle it that way. But virtual assistants, posting, admin, bookkeeping, what are they going to do? For me, like the biggest thing I need right now is an email management. Yeah like administrative management so um i'm hoping to hire someone before the end of the month and like they i have probably close to 100 plus emails that they need to like catch me up on because like i just don't have time for it um so that's like the biggest thing um when you stepped away earlier wacy asked about like answering the dms and i was saying like i feel like at this time um, engaging and posting is still something I find joy in. So it's not something I necessarily want to hand off. But one of the things that I do have goals for my virtual assistant, or if I need to hire someone else for this, is when I'm at events like the NFR, like we said, um, and I have to be like physically present as West Desperado, I don't have or I hate taking the time to also try to be online West Desperado because it is a big time suck. Um, and so that's something that I definitely want to look into in the future. So like event specific, they can be posting for me. Um, but mostly it's just for emails. Okay. So that leads me to my next question. And I'm wondering if Wacy already asked it, but, uh, what's the weirdest DM that you have received, uh, to this point, or is there a plethora <laughs> of them? Um, I was saying I'm pretty lucky with not having like too many trolls or haters, but I have, and I think a lot it's of the same person. And I think, yeah, some some creepers. Right now I have a man that keeps sending me like 
little emojicon heart eye people but I consistently for the last I want to say like year and a half maybe two years there's an account and then it's changed names but I think it's the same person I think they have a foot fetish and oh, anytime no. <laughs> they're like oh can you like can you squish a spider with those boots and like or like kind of weird questions like that like, not like <laughs> it's not like they're asking to see my feet but they're like they'll comment and like or <laughs> message me and like just admiring my feet in boots and oh man it's weird <laughs> that's oh, wild man. that's man. very uh very different Wacy, what's your weirdest one anybody have a foot fetish for you weirdest you one that i've ever got oh man i don't yeah. know I don't, that's a tough question. There's so many DMs that I've received over the past, not for me personally, but accounts that I manage. I'm trying to think of some crazy ones. Oh man. I was just, I was like, there's, I like managed the Calgary Tower for a couple of years and uh, their accounts and some of the stuff people would send, just like, can you not read? Like they would ask, like, <laughs> like how much ticket prices are and stuff. And like, like we have all this information available, like right on our page and stuff. And just like, just like, why i'm just that's just media stupidity guy. though that's or a lot of, or a lot of a lot of i don't know i'm trying to think of what but there, there was one there was one thing going around where people wanted to make the calgary tower taller so people thought apparently that you can make it taller so i always get like dms and comments you've been like oh like hashtag raise the tower like can you please make the calgary tower taller and just like i just lean into <laughs> it and just call it call it a short king but not i can't think of anything weird off the top of my head <laughs> oh no wait wait actually i can one time this chip that got this like like bought messaging me to be a, my sugar mama she tried to get me to send her 100 bucks on paypal i like, took it as far as i, I took the conversation as far as i could go and trying to because she's like I'll, I'll, I'll send you a thousand bucks right now so i like made a paypal account i'm like here like send me the money she's like i need you to send me 100 bucks first to cover the lawyer, lawyer fees and all this stuff i'm like no i'm not saying any 100 bucks oh dang that was as the calgary tower no that was just my personal one. Oh, okay a few years ago dang um I get those a lot too, the sugar baby requests. And one time I saw my husband's like Venmo or Cash App or whatever. And then they tried to like Instagram call me. And so I was like, okay, like I need to block no, this no, person. No. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you, do you, when you get when you get stuff like that or like people mess with you, do you ever mess with them back on stuff like that? On like some of the messaging uh, and stuff? Typically no. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. So I, I always like I feel like I, but no, not anymore. <laughs> I always we always get the like on the cowboy shit page, like we'll post a photo or a video and they'll like promote it on like at this, whatever it is. And I just oh, I'm always yeah. like trolling back and I'll just like respond like no or just I was rather than delete the comments, I just like mess with them. Pretty funny. Yeah. Um funniest comment on one of your posts. <sighs> what comes to I don't mind? know. I still have I still have to give it to like the boot squish spider squisher guy that's like so, he, that's like he comes out of the woodworks and like comes in hard for like a solid week commenting sending me messages and then disappears for a month and then comes back do you ever have do you ever have conversations <laughs> about this with your husband do you think he's he's punking you i have to tell him that to go engage with my normal posts like remind him that i'm posted so he can go like it and tell me how pretty i am in the comments so i don't think he's taking the time to send me spam <laughs> oh and let's be speaking of that kind of stuff like how supportive has he been in this whole journey with you and it's it's been a he's kind of it seems like he's been with you pretty much the, pretty much the whole way yeah he 
honestly didn't have a choice because I feel like it was the first year of us dating is when I started this account. And I mean, he's been super supportive from the beginning. He's helped me um, create content. He actually bought me my first like DSLR camera back in the day. Um, every now and then he'll help me take content. So I've like, I'll set the settings on my fancy camera and just, he actually has a really good eye behind the camera. So he helps me take a lot of my content. Um, I kind of have to work around his schedule. He's a farrier, so he shoots horses. But like this time of year, he's not as busy. So it's a little bit easier to rope him into things. And he's mentioned that he likes when brands want to send him stuff too. But I'm like, okay, now you have to like model it with me. Like you have to make a video. You have to take pictures. He's not quite sure how he feels about that yet. But he, he taps it out and he's been super supportive with it. I'll have to uh, uh, double check with Storm if she sent your package yet to see if we can get him uh, some extra cowboy shit in there too. I'll have him do an unboxing with it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, that made me think though that I work with uh, Montana Silversmiths and I'm wondering if there should be like a uh, uh, Montana Silversmiths world champion Instagram boyfriend because there's probably some of those, <laughs> some Instagram boyfriends out there doing a lot of video videography and uh, photo taking that uh, could probably win that award. The unsung heroes. For sure. sure. I have a handful of people that I can think of that I know like they're having some help behind the camera or in front of the camera. (laughs) How how important is how how important is it to you like showcasing your personal life on your channels and stuff? That one thing I really appreciated was after after the NFR, you got home and show you showed yourself like shoveling snow and taking care of your animals and all that kind of stuff, just showing kind of how it's not always the, the glitz and the glamour of being on the road. I definitely didn't always show that side of it, especially like old school Instagram. It was kind of, it still is a highlight reel, but it was really like Insta goals type of thing. So I only shared like my like photo shoots or like my creative stuff, but I've really liked the like bigger connection that I can make with my audience when I show more of like the day-to-day life. And um, so animals, especially, especially within the Western industry, like people want to see like kind of what you're doing with that. But it is like a fine line. Um, I feel like people might think they know me or like know what I'm up to. And it's like, I only really want to show publicly like specific things and not that I'm hiding anything, but that's kind of like the boundary you have to set when you are a lifestyle type creator. Like you still need to keep some things like more ambiguous or like just like keep them in your personal life so that you're not just like, constantly feeling like i have to share every little aspect mm-hmm. of what you're doing you got to keep yourself sane <laughs> okay so so first i want to jump into with kind of your thoughts on the way cowboy and western has become like a mainstream thing well, obviously with yellowstone um beyonce doing her thing with adidas like there's so many things that western western's cool again it's cool to be a cowboy what's cowboy cowgirl what are your <laughs> kind of your thoughts on how that trend is came to the forefront I think it's awesome because at the end of the day, it's going to start bringing in more money for the Western and like rodeo and agricultural side of things, especially I think there was like record numbers at the NFR this year. And I don't know if that was just like post pandemic or if like since Yellowstone has blown up so much, like people want to be out here and like see the type of lifestyles that um we live like day to day or at these like different kinds of like sporting events so I think it's cool in that aspect that it really has brought like this newer audience and like expanding just like 
cowboy culture because I mean for the longest time it's and it still kind of is like a dying breed um but I one thing I don't like about it is how um it's kind of brought out like people want to gatekeep it so bad where and I feel like Mm. Ted to answer your earlier question with like TikTok drama like that's a big thing that just like keeps reoccurring is like calling girls that dress up buckle bunnies calling guys like city cowboys and it's just like you don't really know like what they're doing like day to day or like like their connection everyone has their own connection with the western industry whether it be rodeo agriculture or just like country music and so I hate like how it's also brought like some animosity out on people and where they want to be like well I'm more cowboy than you are yeah that's that's a good point because I, I I saw a video that that Nick Luciano did and shout out to him for this he he mentioned that on his podcast I think saying how there's, a, there's kind of that gatekeeping going on where if you don't live and breathe work on a ranch or doing all the cowboy stuff 12 hours a day then you can't be involved with the western lifestyle there's kind of that stigma around it which is it needs to go mm-hmm. because there's there's enough room in this circle for all for all of us and we're never yeah. gonna reach never never gonna reach new audiences or new people if we keep gatekeeping it that way we're just gonna kind of restrict ourselves from the inside out yeah um why so now that dale brisby has made his way into yellowstone is that a goal for you now like see everything given <laughs> in for you with that with that crew or what we expect to see I'll, you I'll on ha- Yellowstone season six or part two, season five. I'll have to call up Dale and see what he can do for me. But I think that's really exciting how they've started to take some of these. Um, I don't want to say like real life because I know Dale, Dale's a character, um, but like <laughs> that was kind of brought, you know, like full circle with like shows like that and like people that are doing their online business. Um, and I even have some, I have a girlfriend, she lives down in Texas and she's um, a trick roper and she's badass. And I, I think it was like last summer she was filming for one of the series and I forget which one, but so just like seeing like how that's expanded um, to some people has been really cool. I'm not sure if I'm built for TV screens. Again, I need to like work on my public speaking a little bit, but who knows? Well, I will never say never. You could be like Dale and just be eating beans in a, in a lawn chair, just like <laughs> having a bite to eat. Like that wasn't a, that there was not a lot of skill needed for that sort of thing, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Tell you drop some beans on your shirt, then you look like a fool. Oh, dang. <laughs> the beans. Um, I, I'll say though, I've gotten like pretty decent at podcasting because I've been on a few. Um, <laughs> funny story though back in 2020 I was interviewed on Anthony Lucia's live with Lucia podcast and it was live at the NFR when it was in Texas and he asked me like the night before he's like hey do you want to come be a guest on my podcast I think he was live streaming on like Facebook on Instagram and it was going so good and at the end of the podcast like one of his questions he asked, like, if Nick, my husband, helps me. And one of the most recent photo shoots I did before leaving for the NFR was I had this, like, erythral, like, mattress in a field, like, vision. And so that was just a photo shoot that I had in my head. And he asked me a question. I was like, oh, yeah, he's a good sport. We just grab the camera, grab the mattress, and go out and get to work. And I was like, what did I just say? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like I'm not in OnlyFans oh my gosh these people are like sitting <laughs> in this little like courtyard in the stockyards watching me and they're like what oh like what do you mean and so there's um, kids listening <laughs> <laughs> so definitely, I'm better at this but 
it's not like I don't know. You oh, win cool. some, you lose. <laughs> well, one thing, one one thing I did read too is that you 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 consider yourself more of an uh, introvert. How do you kind of how do you how have you like pushed your limits with that? And I know it's always hard for for people when they're trying to do stuff that's uncomfortable like that. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing that's helped me is just like forcing myself to get out there and do things. So be interviewed on more podcasts. Um, Dallas Market Center has had me actually do the intro for some of the fashion shows that they have during WISA. Um, and those are always like super nerve wracking. Cause I mean, that's a pretty big crowd that shows up and it's hard when you're off camera, like when you're just filming yourself, cause you only get like one shot at some of this stuff. And so it's definitely different than, you know, sitting here recording myself, like, cause I can take two or three takes to like, make sure I'm saying makes sense. But when you're live talking to people, I mean, sure stuff can be edited, but it's, it just takes practice. And so I think that's been one of the big things for me is to be more comfortable with it. I just need to start saying yes to more of those opportunities. Another thing I, I want to know, what are, what are some of your fa most favorite and some of your least favorite things about being an influencer? I mean, there's gotta be get anything anybody does there's got to be some good things and some bad things yeah I would say I love being creative um I love thinking of like different ways or new ways to really present what I'm doing where it's not just the typical like what everyone else is doing like the trends and stuff and so I love exercising my creative mindset and I also am a very like big business person so like the business and networking and negotiating side of things like I really thrive in those kinds of situations um, and I really love helping my friends do the same because that's where I want to expand on like educational content this year because I love like pumping them up and being like no you should be offered like you should be asking for more money for what they want you to do um, the not so great side of things I think would really just be like being okay when trying to show off from it again setting that boundary between work and personal and like not feeling guilty when you realize you just need some personal time like not posting constantly like not seeing that you have like an active story posted and just like stepping back from it it really is and it might be easier for some people but for me again I'm a consumer and so when I'm on I feel like I should be posting what I'm doing or like what's in the moment for me and so that's always just kind of like a tough situation to be in um so i guess one of the one of the last few i got here for you what kind of fashion trends do you expect for the 2023 nfr and i got a second part to that question now. okay um well big trends that i've been seeing for 2023 in general um canadian tuxedo denim on denim obviously that's like a cowboy classic but like with the whole western or hitting mainstream like that's kind of like going to be hit heavy this year just across the board um the color of the year is fuchsia or magenta or fuchsia and the barbie movie is coming pink. out this yeah barbie pink and she's wearing a cowboy hat in one of the scenes so it's like barbie pink and ken blue are like big colors that i kept seeing at market which is just like not really my forte but i think we're gonna see a lot more of like the rhinestone cowgirl um kind of play out I think it's funny because NFR every year it's like there's always the side where it's like the super trendy or there's a side where it's like classic vintage western it's like you don't see very much that's like in between it's like people are either really far this on one side or the other I got I got a question on that side of things then so 
on the men's side of things, I have a, I have, I only have a few looks, honestly. So it's like this look, it's like t-shirt, sweater slash hoodie, ball cap. Right now it's the khaki <laughs> pants from Wrangler. Um, but like in the summertime, I'll wear like when I'm not at Western events. Cause the only thing that I wear at Western events is boots, jeans, cowboy shirt, sport jacket, or some other jacket and cowboy hat. Like, yeah, I, I wonder what else there is for guys on the fashion side really like like what how how do we elevate what do we do differently is there anything else to do differently because like i got thinking about thinking about a while back and like the only thing i can do differently really is you know i've seen the the uh like in your wedding pictures the leather tie uh like that's kind of cool the leather parts on the suit jackets maybe but i don't know i don't think i'm really super down with that So, (laughs) so like you know it's like a white white shirt a denim shirt or a black shirt but i mean embroidery colors maybe but like there's just there's just not a lot on the men's side maybe some maybe a scarf here and there also not my jam like yeah what do we do differently well i will say the leather tie you mentioned so my husband has a tie that he wore for the wedding and a, a tooled leather bow tie that he got from being in someone else's wedding and he brought both of those to the nfr and wore them on different nights like because he dresses himself and I think he dresses great. And so I thought it was kind of fun that he brought both of those and like kind of dressed them up. Um, but I will say it's harder. Like you guys are limited more, but I don't know. Yeah. Incorporating like vests or maybe tying a wild drag on when you wouldn't nor- like, not that you necessarily need it. Like summertime, maybe not a wild drag, but like in terms of a more like dressed up look, it's hard. I don't know. Other than like mixing different prints, different colors. Like you guys are a little limited. I'll but say that. Bolo ties. Trend of 2020. Bolo, bolos rip. I love bolos. Yeah, bolo ties. Oh, wait a second. I got to show you guys something. Okay, okay. <laughs> we're uh so I actually that Montana has a new bolo tie this year that has enough space where I I'm working on it. I haven't got it done yet. I keep forgetting. But I want to put a cowboy shit logo like our new monogram logo on a bolo tie. I think it'll be sweet. That'll be okay. cool. Okay, you guys ready for this? What do you got? So I was doing some shopping on mm-hmm. the a few months ago on the Vernon Facebook Marketplace, and we found these. Or the, this is part of a group of bolo ties, but this oh, is an OG Calgary Steed Calgary Stampede bolo tie from <laughs> 1975. Outstanding. Paid ten that's bucks, really or twenty cool. bucks, twenty bucks for it. Outstanding. But I guess I guess that's <laughs> what it comes down to. Like, I wonder what the next big trend on men's men's like Western fashion is. Like, I wonder if it's. I wonder if it's jorts in some capacity without I've seen that that's that's coming. Remember? Because remember when we were in Florida and like I went to like some music festivals the last couple of years and dudes wearing cowboy boots and, sh- and jean shorts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. with some some like some like mullets that takes some work, right? Not just not just like cutting the mullet in, but like you're putting some work into that thing. Oh man. Okay, okay. It's this is something that Ted and I argue about constantly. How do you feel about people who lounge around in jeans? Do you lounge around in jeans? I think that's the weirdest thing in the world. No, I don't. But my husband will come home from shoeing horses and he'll take like an hour or two nap. Still like sometimes his work shoes will still be on. I'm like, I don't know how you do. I don't get that. Like I used to live with Ted. I lived with him for like three, three or four, three or four years. And like or more. He, I'd come, I I would come, yeah, three or four. Yeah, somewhere around there. But I'd come home and he'd be like lounging on his couch and his like starched like up wranglers like just watching <laughs> tv and i'm like dude how do you do that like there's no way i'm doing that shit i don't know they're a comfort some people i guess like i don't know when you think of like 
when I think about like rodeo athletes or like older cowboys, like I've seen like videos of Tuff Cooper like doing workouts in jeans because it's like that's what they're performing in. So like if you're not comfortable yes, like yeah. working out enough, like how are you gonna perform enough? It always, it always makes me laugh. You can tell there's a cowboy at, at doing a certain sport because he's always wearing his jeans. Whether it be on the golf yeah. course playing basketball, yeah. volleyball, like they're wearing a pair of 13 MWZ Wranglers doing okay. it just because yeah. they can. <laughs> like it makes it easier like, when it's the khakis, the stretchy ones, the spandex are is doesn't even does not count activities. Okay. Those don't those don't count. Okay. Uh, All right, Ted. Okay, so Wacy had a question here about uh, your dream collaboration. Uh maybe something hasn't happened yet, maybe a brand that you want to work with still. So I'm going to leave that one for you, Ace, on how you want to get, get to that. But you said you've been on a lot of podcasts so far, and I wonder how this one has gone so far. How do we rank? Are we okay? <laughs> Shenanigans? No, are, you, are you disappointed that you signed up? You're like, who are these, who are these guys? Are they idiots. Yeah. No, this has been fun because you guys have asked like different types of questions. I feel like the first year that I started being on podcasts, I had like almost like a script that I would just read from because I feel like it was the same questions over and over but like i don't know you guys are seasoned at this so you know like the more fun questions to ask so this has been a good time what have we <laughs> missed our first, not our first rodeo what have we missed <laughs> um i feel like the biggest one is like how did you get started as an influencer and it's like i That's guess i Instagram. kind of like how i got started but it's just like it was just a very like I literally had like okay I grew up doing this and then I went into this phase of life and then I went into this phase of life and now I'm here. Yeah. And, like I didn't have to really break it down that way for you guys. Well, I think one thing we need to work on at some point, whether it be at WISA or the NFR, one of these places we cross paths, we need to do a work on a piece, a piece where we you we get you to style an outfit for Ted and I. I think yeah. that's yeah. a really good piece Please. of content. And no, no, like no holds bar. You just whatever you think, and we'll wear it every day. But is that at, at <laughs> is that at market or is that at Value Village? Wherever, be anywhere. Have well, and the, so that was a part of a question too. It's like what I wanted to ask you. Um, aside from the NFR, what are some of the other events you want to go to? Is there like Calgary? Because like we could do it at Value Village in Calgary or something, or whatever. I know i I want to go back to Calgary. Um, for Stampede. I don't know if it's on my agenda this year. There's a couple of big rodeos that I really want to attend. I was hoping to get to like Fort Worth. I've never been to any of those like Texas rodeos and I've never been to Cheyenne. Um, but maybe I'll have to plan for Calgary. We're planning to go to Cheyenne this year. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So maybe we'll see you there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you ever plan to come to Calgary, let us know. We, yeah. Coming back to we Calgary. We know some folks. Yeah. We know some back. We know some back. <laughs> Some people around there. It's a, it's a it's a cheap trip for you guys. I keep telling all my American friends, it's like your dollar's so good up here. Like, hey, yeah. welcome, check it out. Everything's on sale. Twenty five percent off. <laughs> um, there's like a couple more. Anyway, so what else you got? I think something okay. else that I had two. I got one or two. Go ahead. I got one or two more. So yeah, Ted mentioned kind of your dream collaboration. Where is you've done a lot already, and you kind of have your the ones you've had a long term relationship for. But is there kind of like a a white whale out there that you're hoping to work with at some point or trying to find? Um, It's kind of hard to say just because I really have worked with a lot of like the like name brand Western, like the big brands out there. And so I feel like it's less of who I want to work with next and more of like new ways to work with them. Um, And so I, I don't at this time really know what that means, 
but like that's something I'm always trying to like reach out to people and be like okay what's like something different we can do than just like me taking a picture for you so I feel like maybe 2023 2023 is the year that I can do that but my white whale is more about a what than a who what about outside the western world or do you not have any intentions of going outside of it or do you get much ask for it or what is that where you at that way um I do have a handful that those are usually one-off brand partners, but I've worked with a handful of different brands that are outside of Western. And sometimes they're even outside of clothing. Um, I work with Pendleton whiskey, but I consider that a Western brand. Um, but I've worked with like some wine companies. I have, I mean, I shop at some like contemporary mainstream stores. And so I actually just approved a campaign for this month. Yeah. <laughs> I have the I just um, accepted a campaign this morning for one of the like big, I guess it's like a fast fashion contemporary brand this morning. I confirmed that deal. And so I'm really excited because it's like someone that I shop with a lot. Um, so I'm going to put my little Western twist with that. Nice. Nice. I like it. Well, you see, I, I think, I think, I think that's, uh, you could add on, you could add on something, uh, like for the men's side of thing, you can shop a little, maybe a little bit outside of the Western, like cadence on that contemporary stuff. I shop a lot at like H and M and Zara. And I yeah. Wear, like end up wearing that stuff with my cowboy getup. Back to another topic we're talking about, anyways. But and I'm not, and I'm um, not on that trend because I'd rather have nice stuff that lasts longer. Personally, that's true. That is true. Yeah. yeah. Six one way half done is the other, I guess. Well, if we're thinking <laughs> of the environment, we got to keep it. Could I have good stuff the last Can't forget about the turtles. Can't forget about right? the turtles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything else yet, or should we should we with the fe- the final? I'm question? sure I do. We could do we could do another whole show at some point. So I think mm-hmm. there'll be. Mm-hmm. I think we say leave this at to be continued. To be continued. Yeah. All right. Well. Well. So Shaylee, we're gonna leave you with the last, um, hardest and final question of the podcast. What mm-hmm. is your definition of cowboy shit? Cowboy or cowgirl shit, shit too. Or cowgirl yeah. shit. Yes, thank you. Cowgirl, cowgirl, cowboy shit is honestly just getting out there, um, exemplifying the your interpretation of Western and cowboy and doing it like full force and not caring what other people have to say about it. That's perfect. Love she, it. She's the most influential of the Western influencers in the business. And she's Shaylee Ham. Thanks for joining us. You can check her out, West Desperado, on Instagram and everywhere that you follow people on social media. On Give social her, uh, medias. Yeah, find her and work with some of the biggest brands and uh, and take the time to, to hang out with us for, for an hour and a bit. We uh, we sure appreciate it. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. Thank you guys so much. This was so much fun. When I download, I want you to put my soul up on the train. Won't you send it southbound Give the cool blues man name Cause I've been lost down them back roads So many times I've gone blind I'm Losing faith in my family Had driven me out of my damn mind Put on a sail side of heaven, won't you take me home? Cause I've been broke down for so long and Lord, it's getting cold.
Thanks one more time to Shaley Ham, West Desperado, for joining us on the show this week. We uh, we appreciate it a lot. We're uh, and uh, what's your biggest takeaway from the show, Ways? Biggest takeaway. Um, biggest takeaway from the interview with her. I think yeah. just how it's just how she the way she do, does her business. You know, like kind of to trying to find the longer term deals, like how she shifted it over the years, like going from kind of obviously building it off the short the smaller business kind of one-off deals but then being able to kind of stay loyal and 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 stick to it and get those bigger brand deals held up and and i also found it interesting how she decided like how this year she wants to go kind of go back to some of the smaller like one-off brand deals it's kind of interesting to see how it flows for her how about you too um i think for me it was a conversation about sharing and all that side of things like the how i kind of talked about how i don't do it as much and People have to be open to letting people in, I guess. And I guess I don't watch as much social stuff anymore, mm. so I'm a little bit less on it. So maybe that's why I don't want to do it as much. I'm not as, I'm I'm less of a consumer. I still am, but I'm just do it a bit less. So maybe I'm just Go not back. as interested. But I'm kind of just burnt out on the social stuff on a little bit of it, man. I just did it for so long and just kind of ready for something else. Like we talked about, just less time on the computer for for me. Mm. I like being out yeah. and seeing the stores and talking to people now and. Do all the, the events still and yeah we got the warehouse time now which is different and yeah i don't huh. know yeah all right. that's fair enough it was, it's cool it was cool to hear though like kind of right from the horse's mouth as she does stuff and, and even like kind of her plans for what's next like trying to always yeah. like find cool to hire new some stuff, help new yeah new stuff like always try, I'm trying to like think of new stuff rather than just kind of like doing the same thing over and over again so mm-hmm. yeah because that wouldn't be easy to just like figure out how to model and style clothes all the time that'd, that'd be a I don't even oh, know how I mean, to do it like twice a year. Let alone. And do you think you can handle more. ninety pairs of boots? Uh, I used to have a lot more, but uh, no, I used to have more. That you used to have more than ninety no. pairs of boots. Oh. I said you used to have a lot more pairs of boots than I have now. Not oh. ninety. Yeah, my max is like two or three. I liked how you said she was the largest influencer, though. I had to had to give you a hard time on that. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate you. <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> I, I was like, she's like... not large. You wrote it no, quickly. I, I get it. Didn't mean, didn't mean to call her large, but no. Hey, man. Yeah, but she's not. Hey, love, get, love getting thrown under the bus on the show, eh? <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, got to be careful with your words, dude. <laughs> nah. Just like, what would you, what did she say? She said, yeah, we took the mattress out and went to work. Oh, that's, yeah, that was really fun. That was really funny. Yeah, that was that's, cool. that's hilarious. Yeah. But, oh, boy. Yeah, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Uh, what else, man? We got Lethbridge coming up next week. Uh, that's mm-hmm. going to be a good one. Coming up here soon. Uh, Lethbridge is always a great one to be at. Always mm-hmm. love that one. I got lots of ro- road work to do in the next uh, couple months as well. Um, gonna get warm again soon. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was like longer. Five, it was like five degrees here yesterday, but now we got had this overnight snowstorm. Oh boy! I was, okay. I was getting ready to get back the to the ski club, hill. So. Back oh, to the God. ski hill. Uh, yeah, man. I don't. I don't got much else though. Honestly, um, I think that. Well, I'm looking forward to the season again. Uh, like we talked about. Uh, I just signed on a couple new uh, shows, I guess. We're going to Dawson Creek this year, you and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to go up there in April. And then I think the week before that, we might come and see you in, uh, in uh, beautiful great, British Columbia. Possibly. The great Okanagan sales trip. Yeah, I think we're going to do some some Kelowna time there. Um, I was talking to Jade and Patrick. The Oilers are in uh, Denver on the 11th of April. So I might oh, sit yeah. down there and see those guys too. And there's nice. a baseball game the next day too. That could be kind of yeah. cool as well. That'd be really but, hockey and baseball on the same day. Yeah, but the uh, 
golf courses might be open up here, so I don't know if I want to leave just yet. Yeah, so. dude, it's Let's like see. we were we when we left Kamloops last weekend on Sunday, it was eight degrees there. Man, that's crazy. And like the snow's gone, it's gonna be gone. They're gonna be golfing up there like right away. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's on the horizon, man. It's close. I can feel it. I can feel it. The seasonal depression's going away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, man. Well, have a good rest of your uh, rest of your February. Hope everybody's doing good out there. Uh, gives us a shout back on the show. Hope you all enjoyed this one. And yeah, once again, thanks to our editor, Sean Morton, uh, Storm to Pro on the graphics and the, and the stuff. And Hey, our, our new website, hope you all are liking it. Yeah. Don't forget to check. If you haven't checked it out yet, check it out. It's a cool new experience. Yeah. Hopefully it's a little bit more. Yeah. I think it's much better. Much better. It looks, looks real cool. Our spring line. Check that out too. In stores and online now. Uh, more stuff coming on the way. The new hats just hit the hit the uh they're just hitting the road now so check those suckers out and yeah man what's going on it's that's happening. it all right well you guys all stay well thanks for listening to cowboy shit once again i'm ted Stone. he's wacy anderson thank you for tuning in we'll see you all in a couple weeks one and all had heard the stories and our witness had been sworn about a man born in hartburley back in june of 29 must have got that Martin Malin muzzle the day he was born. Things he could do with that rifle. Blow the balls off a bat, reload, and shoot it one more time. Had a monster of a mule, was a mighty fine steed. Sham Sam, that tomahawk, and that flintlock's all he needs. Finding food and finding trouble and always taking heat. Any man that crossed him was surely gonna bleed. And he'd stretch you up and burn you, calling him half breed. Left the varnish off his words, feeding no beast, no man. Didn't wanna end up in his debt, cause it damn sure get paid. He was harder than the nails, hammered Jesus had. One they called you.